has all the knowledge you want. Malik Books has all the knowledge you need. Malik Books. Yeah, they have all the books that the whole wide world wanna read. Malik Books. Malik's Bookshelf, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. So if this is your first time tuning in, let me tell you a little bit about Malik's Bookshelf. We want to make reading exciting, and we want to give voice to the voiceless. That's why we have independent authors as well as top-shelf best-selling authors as well. We want to give a platform to amplify these unknown voices and spotlight voices that have impacted our culture and community. Life is a body of books that makes your own personal bookshelves. Those bookshelves are both in the mind and at home. So oftentimes when I'm interviewing some of my guests, I want to know what's on their bookshelf. I want to know what they're reading. Oftentimes I interview customers that come in to the store and I ask them, you know, what do you love about reading and why do you continue to visit and support Malik Books? So this podcast, you know, we want to keep it exciting, refreshing. We want to keep it lit, lit for literature and lit for what's hot. We want to do book reviews. We want to invite guests on. We want to be current in our affairs on subject matters that are current in the media or on the people's heart. You know, there's a lot of things going on in society. There's a lot of things that happen nationally. There's a lot of things that happen locally. And we want to sometimes spot like that. There is a connection between oftentimes what's happening currently and books. So Malik's bookshelf is an outgrowth and an extension of what we do here at Malik Books. I've been surrounded by books for so many decades. You know, I've been serving the community with books for, since 1990, you know, and I consider myself a book activist. And I believe books brings a whole world of opportunities of reinventing and imagining ideas and I just think that they have a great impact on the direction of our culture of our society and the country as a whole Um, I love books I have a passion for books and I have a passion for what I do so my podcast is just an extension of me and my community and my culture and the support group that's around me so I hope you enjoy my podcast, Malik's Bookshelf, bringing a world together with books, culture, and community. This is episode 27, so enjoy. You know, when authors come in Malik Books, I can't do nothing but try to interview them. Why? Because I got an opportunity to talk to him about it. And this wonderful sister, Aisha Goodwill, Goodall, Aisha Goodall, got two books, Dating the Single Mom, and the single mom survival guide. And I just want her to talk about her book. She's an independent author, self-published. 
two books addressing this single mom giving him advice. How you doing? I'm good. Thank good, you. good, good. Thank Welcome you. to Malik. This is Malik's bookshelf, bringing the world together with books, culture, and community. This is my podcast, and so I'm happy to interview you since you walked into Malik and you walked in my domain. I got to get yes. you on record now. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I appreciate you having my books in your store. Um, so yes, I am a two times author of a single mom's movement. So my first book I authored, I actually published in 2018, is dating a single mom. And well, no, that's I'm sorry. That's the single mom survival guide is the first one from 2018. I went through a divorce, an ugly divorce with small children. And so I figured the experience that I had then wasn't for me. It was for another mother who lost hope Mm -hmm. or who doesn't feel like she has a voice Mm -hmm. and to believe in herself again, that no matter what happens to you in life with children, you are able to come out on top. And so I give her hope about finances, about loving herself, about healing, about forgiveness and just dating again, which leads me to my book two years later, (laughs) Dating a Single Mom, What Men Need to Know and What Women Need to Do. And so that's just teaching men that when you have high performing women that are mothers that you're dating, Mm. it's a deep dive. It's It's a a deep deep dive. dive. And it's a lot of like self-awareness because as myself, I did a lot of self-work in Inner work, inner okay. self, inner okay. child. Okay. okay. So that's just, you know, educating our women that, you know, don't lose hope and don't lose yourself in your children mm-hmm. and don't settle for less because we are powerful as women raising children. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Don't settle for less. That's got to be the number one standard is don't <laughs> downgrade yourself. Yes. That's a very powerful First principle. Give me some more principles that women, single women, should know in terms of dating. On um, what advice would you give men who dating what high performance women? You got to define <laughs> high performance. Now, <laughs> I think I understand what yes. that means, but I want you to tell the audience what. Yes, high performing women are for myself. I actually worked a job for like 20 years raising kids and operating a business. Mm. And I wrote two books. And so, you know, coming off of COVID, you know, I got laid off. But because I had already established my business, which is a wellness and fitness business, I created um, a safe space for women, you know, to unleash Mm self-love and to embody self-love through total total body fitness. Because what happens is, is high performing women, we get so indulged in our work, Mm -hmm. in our children, Mm -hmm. soccer mom, football mom. Mm -hmm. Basketball mom mm-hmm. And we figured about ourselves yeah. And so a lot of times You know Men They don't know How much we juggle So they Their expectations of us Is way off the chart mm-hmm. And then also too I always go into You know Have those tough conversations You know Ask those questions Those elephant in the room questions yeah. And yeah. let's see yeah. if the guy Wiggles a little bit in his seat If he don't want to okay. answer the question yeah. Then there might be an issue well, there Well you, so. well, you, well, you know <laughs> Well, you know, I'm th- I'm like when you in your fifty, I ain't saying hey, you in your fifties now. I'm close to it. Okay, but I'm saying like I know that I'm in my fifties, and if I'm not single, but if I was dating, the first one of the first questions I'm saying, what is in your cabinet? What kind of medicine you got up in your? Cabinet? Absolutely, because you know what? Like because I'm in wellness and fitness, you know, like across the board, health and wellness as is at a state of emergency. You know what I'm saying? Your mental health supersedes everything else. Working out and nutrition is a byproduct of your mental health Mm -hmm. because everything is a mindset and if you don't eat well and you don't talk to your mind well 
you're not going to treat the people around you well. Absolutely. You know, and so and that medication, too, in the cabinet impacts your mental yeah, health you as know well. Front what you're dealing uh, with. Don't don't dig yourself in a hole in this relationship only to find out she ain't going to be around for a couple of years now. You need to know that up front. Right. And then I don't want to go to bed thinking that I might not wake up to you in the morning because Hello. of your health issues. You know, yeah, that's not yeah. a that's not a comfortable space to be yeah. in. Because a whole lot of people ain't taking care of themselves. Yeah. Health is wealth. Health now. is wealth, right? Absolutely. We know that living now. So also to not to get lost in the sauce. Don't get lost in your children. You know, don't let them take over because we teach everybody, including our kids, how to treat us. And kids are sharp. They're sponges. So if they see that they can get away with A, B, C, X, Y, Z, and that you just go for the okie doke, they will run over you. They will. They so will. The boundaries, setting them, you know, boundaries for yourself, for your children, and for whomever you're dating. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get lost in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've known people. I, at, at times, I've, you know, that was my safe haven. Um, years ago when I was going through something, uh, my solace was the kids, and that was the only joy I had. When they wasn't around, I was sad, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I had friends that did the same thing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you got to find time for yourself. Oh, yes, and that's self-love. Mm. You know, and self-love mm. is not selfish. That's mm-hmm. what I teach. You know, I actually have, you know, a campaign that I'm running for self-love, and it's embodying self-love. Yes. Total transformation. That's de- yes. that's delving into the deep parts of yourself, your yes. inner child, mm. you know, those traumas, mm. because these kind of things we pass on to our kids, but then we're passing on into our relationships. Absolutely. And so if we're not tapping into that, then we're just yeah. taking this toxic you know, energy yeah. into Is there such thing as going into a relationship when you get a certain age without baggage being part of it? Um, no, because there's <laughs> always work. As long as we live, there's always work. Now, you can be healed, mm-hmm. but then there's still work because look at what's coming at us daily. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We have yeah. to constantly, constantly recalibrate, mm-hmm. you know, our thinking, mm-hmm. our words, our mm-hmm. energy, mm-hmm. you know, going to meditate, praying, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Taking those long walks, working out, yeah. whatever that yeah. is, you find that thing that's going to bring you joy and set your soul on fire Absolutely. by yourself first. <laughs> First, yes, that's the key. by yourself first, because yes. then your children are looking at you, and then they're going to grow up doing that. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's yeah. what I, I committed to is changing yes. the trajectory yes. Yes. of you know the way that our children are coming up. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, I definitely, I definitely um, believe that it all starts with. So that's why Malik Book spends a lot of time. Um, with outreach, doing book fairs with kids at schools. Why? Because children are 100% we believe and we believe we're going to make this universal change and create a change for the future. It starts with the youth. You know, so, and to teach them to love themselves and believe in themselves and know that they can achieve anything they want but they got to first believe, have confidence and put their mind to it. But this has been a very, very, very great conversation about your book and the journey that you on and I'm glad you shared it with my audience on Malik's bookshelf and it's anything that you would like to leave the artist before we conclude i thank you thank you so much for allowing me to have my books here and i just want to leave this space for both men and women take care of you first before you start to get into any type of relationship and if you have children make sure they come first before the person that you decide to be with you know marriage is good and great but do we need 
companionship no we want it but our companionship and our relationship is with self first so that we can add value mm. to our children mm. add value to mm. our future mate Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your ideas about and your book, your wonderful book that is a blessing to all of us. Thank you again. And I hope to help you sell a million of them. Yes, let's go. Come thank you. Thank, thank you. Today, my guest is a young lady that's near and dear to me, someone that's special to me, someone that I know, like the back of my hand, someone that actually has a relationship with me her name is mecca muhammad my daughter so i'm going to ask her about a subject matter this all about what malik's bookshelf represents which is books mecca welcome to malik's bookshelf Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I put her on the spot. I think sometimes that's how you get the best interviews. You know, she was sitting here, sitting on the couch and reading. And I said, you know what? I'm going to come over here and interview Mecca Muhammad and feature her on a segment on Malik's bookshelf that brings a world together with books, culture, and community. Mecca, why do you love reading? I like reading because it helps... It helps you learn about the world, and it gives you a great imagination. Absolutely. I think that's so important, having an imagination. What would the world be like without imagination? You know, everything is cre- you know that we imagine, we can bring forth. That's where our creativity comes from. And books, they open a whole new world of opportunity and so forth. And Mecca, what types of books do you like to read? I like to read fantasy and uh, fantasy and kind of like manga and chapter books, chapter. basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What's some of your favorite books you read? Um, Blood and Bone and Wrath and Ruin. So, and um, why would those? Why are those books uh, your favorite book? They're my favorite because. I can understand them better than I can, under, can understand the rest of my books. They help you imagination? Yeah, like they help. Are they fantasy books? Yeah, they're fantasy. And I, it's closer to my age group. So mm-hmm. it, in order to. And what is your age group? <laughs> um, 13, 14, okay. around that. Okay. You know, preteen. Well, now, yeah, that's an early teen, right? And about to start high school. So. In the last year, how many books have you read? Uh, over a hundred. Over a hundred. And during your birthday, you and or a special holiday, you always ask for books. Um, you've asked for what the Harry Potter series? Yeah, I have. Did you read the whole series? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did read the whole series. You know, um, what other series did you ask for us to get for your birthday or, or a special occasion? Um, I've asked for, well, I don't always ask for series books. I ask for independent books also, like, like, oh, a series I know, Percy Jackson. I asked for that series. That's right. You read the whole series, correct? Yeah, I, I read all of his authors. But the thing is that you go back and read it two, three times again. Well, I like to reread it because you get something new each time you read it. Absolutely. And sometimes you might 
accidentally miss something and if you reread it again like i said you'll understand it better but here's the thing you've read a hundred books within the last year yeah that's amazing most people don't read a book a month (laughs) (laughs) so what do you think about that um i think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> You're doing extremely good. I'll say this. Um, you, I, I know one series you read, the whole series, and you read it more than once, is the uh, I Am Number 4. Is that the name of the series? Oh, yeah, yeah. I read I read that too. Right, 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 right. She didn't learn about I'm Number 7, I'm Number 6. So, you know, they all had special powers and abilities. They were aliens that came to Earth. And you read the whole series and the in-between books. You know, the, the you know them in-between books, those are the books that they write in between a story, you know. When they say book one, book two, well, just that half, you know, this is some things that happen in between. They're like the tiny details. The tiny details, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like mysteries and missions and stuff right. they have to go on in order to be who they are in the book. Right, and you, I mean, all these myth like Percy Jackson, all the mythological and Greek and, and you know, metaphors and all that stuff, you know, that, that could be some difficult reading. That's not difficult reading to you? No, I'm kind of, I've gotten used to it. Um, since I read a lot of Rick Riordan's books, mm-hmm. um, I have every single book. Of, I have every single last book of his. Right, all your, your bookshelves are right above your bed. We built them on the wall to house all these books. On top of that, um, another series I think you read was. Have you read all the Twilight books too? Yeah, I have. Wow, then them, them some thick books too. You like them thick books they don't <laughs> your way? No, actually, those are the ones that pull me in. What, I don't you, read small books. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. In fact, um, sometimes when I'm at the store and people say, hey, can you recommend a book? I show them a book right here. Oh, that's too thick. No, that's going to run them away. Brick books don't run you away, do they? No, I'm... <laughs> no. I <laughs> know. Yeah. Well, it's a, you know, it's a joy when you see the daughter read because you know everyone doesn't like to read and it's just a wonderful joy when i see you know our daughter reading books um you know we don't have to twist the arm and we don't have to force her it's something that she just does on her own all the time and i have no problem buying any book she wants and and my thing is look um we want you to read the things you enjoy to read Sometimes I might not have some books on the shelf that she like to read, and we have to go out and buy books that are, you know, available on the market that we don't necessarily have to store. So it doesn't matter to me. My thing is, you know, you need to read some, enjoy what you're reading, and continue. You know, some youth they like. Do you like graphic novels? Because you mentioned manga. Yeah, I like graphic novels too. I like. Um, I read a little bit of both. You do, you do. Yes. If, well, you kind of turned us on to this this crave, this new manga. See, these teens loving these graphic novels and mom with these Japanese books or what have you. And, um, you know, we eventually went out and as a result, my daughter curated, Mecca curated the manga selection at Malik Books. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, that's just because uh, of all, like, somebody introduced me to somebody introduce me to manga um and i started to take a liking to it and i told my parents about it so they gave me my own area and that's what i decided to do with it you emily bush she's in charge of the manga you know i got enough 
John, uh, the reason I'm dealing with, she is the one that's supposed to stock the shelves and order the books for the manga series and what have you. She knows what's hot and what's not. So um, that responsibility falls on Mecca Muhammad. And uh, but we do have some a few. We don't have a whole lot, but we have them at Malik Books. And the kids, they and the teens, they come in and they and they look for them. Uh, you know, they it's a big it's a big explosive genre. These graphic novels, particularly manga. Um, I have a son, uh, Zaire. Um, he likes more graphic novels, so I go out and get him graphic novels. You know, we want to set books in front of the our children and our teens and our youth and our young adults that they want to read. You know, I can't, you know, I can force her to read something, but the most important thing is that she reads something that she wants to, that she enjoys. That's my point. So is there anything else you would like for all the young people out there who's struggling to read or who love to read? Do you want to say anything of encouragement to them? Um, I just have to say, uh, take your time uh, it takes time to find what you really like. Um, I always try new things, and you can do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. There you go. Mecca Muhammad, thank you for sharing with us, my audience, at Malik's Bookshed, your your thoughts about reading and uh, and your story. Thank you. You're welcome. My book review for this segment for episode 27 is a book I came across. It was uncorrected proof for limited distribution, but I was blown away because this is the kind of thing that I really think can impact change in our community. So I had to do a book review on this book and the book and title was called Build the D Thing. That's D-A-M-E, you know what I'm saying? Build the D Thing, you know? I don't think damn is a bad word, but it's called build the damn thing. I don't think damn is a bad word, but some might think it is. But it's a book about how to start a successful business if you're not a rich white guy. That's right. How to start a successful business. This book just blew me away. Build the damn thing is a hard one battle-tested guy for every entrepreneur who the establishment has left out. Um, Catherine Finney, an investor and startup champion, explains how to build a business from the ground up, beginning from developing a business plan to finding investors, growing a team, and reinforcing product. Finney empowers entrepreneurs to take advantage of their unique networks and resources, arm readers with responses to investors who like your pitch but still does not want to invest in your product or your idea. Catherine Finney points out that the level playing field is not the same. There is advantages and disadvantages depending on this group or that group. But the reality is this, that you still can build the damn thing, that you still can overcome the obstacles that are in your way. So what the level playing field and the entitlements are in favor of a different group. So what? Build the damn thing. Some of the context in the book, get your mind right. Your personal success toolbox, squad goals, how to build an amazing team, and getting the bag, 
how to get the money you need to grow your business. So these are some of the contents is in the book. It's a revolutionary book that just helps you to build and start your own business, your own successful business. Build the damn thing. How to start a successful business if you're not a rich white guy by Catherine Finney. Pick up your copy. It's a great book. It's a timely book. And no more excuses. Thanks for listening to Malik's Bookshelf, where topics on the shelf are books, culture, and community. Be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. Check out my Instagram at Malik Books. See you next time.